Welcome everybody to Beer Rock Bucky's fifth podcast live here, 2911 North Sherman Avenue here on the north side of Madison, just a block off of uh, Warner Park for those Madison Mallard fans. Again, I'm Jay Kokorowski. We are live. We're having some fun out here. Great seeing everybody out here. Everyone make some noise. Give yourselves a round of applause. And uh, yeah, no, we're having a good time. Thank you to the fan taking the picture there. Uh, hopefully I, I mean, I took a shower today. I felt good about that, Brady. <laughs> uh, and speaking of that today, uh, we got a lot to get into. To, uh, and uh, for those listening on our podcast, make sure you guys come out. Beer Rock, they got tons of events going out here. They got tailgate, uh, great stuff going on for Badger Packer games. Uh, at the end of the month on, on Hollow, for Halloween, they got a cool thing where they're t- turning Beer Rock into most Tavern which is crazy. Cool. And so, uh, yeah, no, make sure you guys check out, again, Beer Rock. Uh, check them out on Twitter. Uh, and that's Beer Rock Madison. And you might have heard a different voice uh, for those listening to the podcast. I am joined. Uh, I have a special guest, someone that I've gotten to know as a friend, uh, former Wisconsin walk-on, turn team captain, NFL veteran, Brady Ewing. Brady, welcome to the show, man. Great having you here. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Excited to be out here first time at Beer Rock and uh, excited to take in the atmosphere and, and chat it up a little bit about Wisconsin sports and a little bit about my story. We live the glory days a little bit. Exactly, and you can find part of that story and walk on this way. We're giving away a couple of free books, too. i got a couple of trivia questions for, for people tonight if they uh, want to raise their hand. We'll do that at the end of the show. Uh, walk on this way, the ongoing legacy of the Wisconsin walk-on tradition, and you yep. know that quite well. Uh, and first off, how you been? Been good. It, uh, you know how it goes. You got you got three little ones at home, and you're <laughs> you know chasing them around and, and having a having a great time, trying to enjoy the last uh, bits of summer as uh, or I guess falls upon us now. But yeah. you know, taking in the nicer weather with the 70, 80 degrees, and um, yeah, it's right. been good. That right. worked. Right before it goes into being 47 or 50 degrees, less than 50 degrees for a high on Thursday, which I'm not looking for, man. The Florida blood in me still rolls. I mean, you played in Jacksonville for a year, so you know what I'm yep, talking yep. about, Matt. Oh, man. The, I can speak out of both sides of my mouth on that. I like it for the deer hunting, the, the bow hunting, uh, but, but not so much for getting the kids outside as it cools down in the winter months. Oh, yeah, absolutely. No, that's oh, – I mean, I love taking the kids to the park. That's yep. Get that energy out or else it's just – it builds in to get cabin fever during there, but exactly. Uh, but we got a lot to get into tonight. We're going to talk about a quick recap of the Nebraska game. You'll hear some interviews from Dakota Dixon, the safety uh, from yesterday, and then today I talked to David Edwards, offensive lineman, just breaking down Michigan, talking about uh, just the team as a whole, how they're feeling with the offense and defense, especially with the injuries on the defense uh, defensive side of the ball, and then. Uh, some recruiting news. We obviously, two new verbal com- commitments for Wisconsin's class. Uh, we will preview Michigan, and then, of course, we're going to catch up with you more. Talk about what you're been, what you're up to now, and just uh, get your thoughts. Also, just about uh, you know Michigan and your time at the Big House, playing in the Big House and whatnot as well. So, yeah, sounds bottom. like a good plan. All right, so k- kick it off real quick. Nebraska, Wisconsin, 41-24. Vic- you know uh, they fell victim to the Badgers uh, at Camp Randall Stadium. 533 yards, 370 rushing, and, you know, Jonathan Taylor, the big news, 221 yards on 24 carries, three touchdowns, uh, Taiwan deal, Garrett Groshek, combined for 147 yards, I think, yeah, almost eight yards of carry combined between them, and then, I mean, just kind of getting into that, I mean, obviously the passing game was there too, not as prevalent, but... 
in, in your opinion, I mean, you've been a part of some games and part of some offenses, especially that 2011 squad. What, you know, when you have that dominant of an effort, you know, how does that make the offense feel? It's good. You know, it, you, you go into a game, you, you work hard all week, you have the expectation of what you think you can do, especially at a place like Wisconsin where, um, you know, we tend to be a little bit run heavy. So to have the success, it reinforces the good things you're doing. But trust me, that coaching staff will find things that you can continue to improve on. So I think it's good for the guys, you know, college-age guys, to have that positive reinforcement, get the confidence going, and then the coaches will bring them back to reality a little bit during the week and, and find things, even with that great success from the outside perspective, to continue to improve on and get better at it. What was the one piece of feedback that maybe you had? Did you have a particular, you know, like in terms of having a big game and then – I mean, you're you're underneath Coach Settle, right? With yep. Coach yep. John Settle, the running backs, the current running backs coach who came back after stints in the NFL and at Pitt underneath Paul Chris. But what or just like after having a big game, do you remember any type of feedback that he, that he had for you or whatnot? Biggest thing for me as a fullback that I had to learn was just hand position. So yeah. you know, you're instead of leading with your shoulder, dropping your head, um, just latching onto guys, using your hand position, using the angles, doing the footwork right. All the things that when you're watching as a fan, I feel like you take for granted, but those are the things you're working on every single day to get better at your craft and to, you know, if you run the proper footwork on an inside lead zone, you're going to end up in the right position to, to block your guy, you know, whether it be the, the will linebacker, the weak side linebacker, um, you know, it's funny how the basics set you up to have success long term and as they throw different defensive fronts at you and all different moving parts. And, and with that, too, we're here with Brady Ewing here at Beer Rock, Bucky's Fifth Podcast. And, you know, really just, you know, when you amass so many yards, I mean, you guys, quote, unquote, warmly welcomed Nebraska to the Big Ten Conference back in 2011. <laughs> yep. Uh, and I remember watching that, and this is before I got even in the media, that you guys had just a, I mean, it was a dominant effort. I know it was a little close at first, and yep. then you guys pulled away. Russell Wilson's quarterback, he is fullback. Uh, Nick Toome, Jared Aberderis as wide receivers, but really just uh, when you dominate at that level, and even just other games, like what does that do mentally to that defense from what you've seen? Just, you know, Wisconsin pounds out 370 yards against the Huskers, you know, and then you saw the 2012 Big Ten Championship game, the 70-31 to 31 effort where they, again, uh, the tone was set early on. Uh, what does that do when you guys assert yourselves in a run game like that? Uh, what, is that, what do you feel from the defense on the other side of the ball? Yeah, it's really, it's really a um, you know, one step at a time. It's just the way Wisconsin does it. You know, you're, you're chipping away the first half. You know, maybe you're not getting as much traction as you'd like. Um, you know, but you just continue to impose your will on people. And I think the fact that what Wisconsin you know, finds its pride in, you know, its running game, its offensive linemen, um, you know, the fact that you can go out and carry that out in a Big Ten atmosphere. Somebody, sometimes, you know, teams would be pointing at the hole and, and expect a run to be coming exactly where we're, we wanted to take it and with, with the exact run that we wanted to have. And, um, you know, they would come out and know where it's coming and we'd still be able to get five, six, seven yards. And uh, it feels good because that's, that's what we pride ourselves on. That's what you, that's what you uh, set out to do. So to be able to do that and wear them down throughout the game and, and come out with a victory and, you know, put guys like Jonathan Taylor or Monty Ball or James White in the positions to, to have great success, that's uh, pretty rewarding. Awesome. Uh, we're looking at the defensive side of the ball real quick before we get to Dakota Dixon uh, talking with us yesterday. Uh, strong first half, only allowed about 156 yards to Scott Frost's offense underneath yep. Adrian Martinez. It was, a, you know, 
I was impressed by the true freshman quarterback there, after passing for nearly 400 yards, 387 yards, um, you know, a bunch of touchdowns. J.D. Spielman had a huge day as well, over 200 yards receiving. So it was a rough second half for Wisconsin. They give up about 357 yards in that final two quarters. But also they, they were hitting, you know, Deron Harrell, the starter at safety, went out with a head injury. Uh, he's listed as questionable this week for Michigan. Caesar Williams, the other cornerback, also was out for the game altogether. And then the ejection for Scott Nelson, it's uh, with the targeting. Uh, and, I mean, it, it was a rough second half. Uh, obviously they are up at one point by 24 points too. So it makes you wonder, I mean, there wasn't ever really a clear like a concern that Wisconsin wouldn't pull off the win, but you also want the defense to, to kind of hold its ground. We'll take a quick break, guys. Let's play uh, some audio from Dakota Dixon here on Bucky's fifth podcast. How does all sit back What's it like playing? We went there two years ago. It was fun. It was fun for us. I mean, I, it sucked for our offense, though. It was loud. Um, when our offense went on the field, third downs, I do remember that. It was super loud. But it's fun. A lot of people, a lot of fans. It's kind of like an oval bowl with a stadium shape. So it was cool. It's a really good experience. It'll be, I think we had started at 2.30 in the afternoon. We played them last time. And it went to a night game in the second half. So it'll be interesting starting as a night game. It'll be fun. Thank you. You guys have had so much success on the road. What What's the key to winning on the road? Um, it's just knowing who you are, you know, sticking to your guns, knowing who you are, and trusting each other, trusting the guys around you. Um, that's really what it comes down to, honestly. That's all it is. Yeah. But, but, it's, but it's, you know, you've had a lot of winning streaks that we talked about through the year. Winning on the road, is that's a pretty impressive streak. Right? Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, especially when you go into, you know, a tough opponent's home. Um, on home turf, and you can win. So it's always tough, but, you know, I, honestly, I feel like it kind of makes us play better at, at a lot of times. It uh, makes us want to play that much harder. So that's all that it comes down to. We just got to keep doing the same thing, really, you know, um, really better, honestly, because this will be the best best team we played thus far. So it'll be a challenge, but I'm looking forward to it. Is there any doubt in your mind that you're going to play on Saturday? No, nah, I'm playing. What happened exactly? Um, I'm not even sure. I don't even care no more, to be honest. Um, It is what it is. I've had many injuries before. I've had worse. So it's just a bump in the road. It'll be all right. Just got to get back. So is this just precautionary then? Yeah, just precaution. Precaution. Apologies if you weren't asked this, but how did you assess how Eric Burrell played? I know Paul just mentioned that he was going to start this week. You know, for the first half with Scott, how uh, how did Eric play, and, and what did you see out of him when Scotty was out? You know, had to leave the game. Uh, Eric played well. He's smart. Eric's a good football player. Um, he's a great football player. Honest, you know, obviously when you get more reps, you get more acclimated and more comfortable and adjusted into the game settings. But he he did well. He did well. And where I mean, what are some of the key? from the qualities that you see out of him. You know, you said play with the person. Is there anything that really pops out to you about his game, either but also on special teams, too? Um, you know, Eric, he's a sticker. He's a hard hitter. That's one thing. He'll throw his head in there. Um, and then he's just, I feel like he's reliable, very reliable. He knows what he's doing. Um, he's smart. Um, he plays fast. So 
That would be that's that's yeah. definitely sticks out about him. You guys haven't been underdogs very often in your career here, but you are this week. Do you kind of relish an opportunity to be I don't know the word is it's correct to say that you get to go hunt. You've been hunted for more more often than not, but you guys get to go hunt this weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. That'll be it'll be an opportunity, you know. Uh, get to find out who we are as a team. We playing one of the best teams on the schedule, so It'll be gun it'll be fun. It'll be exciting. Uh, it'll be a good challenge. So hopefully we'll rise and we'll see we'll see where we're at. Have you seen watched much of Shea Patterson as a the dual threat quarterback and what kind of threat does he present? He's a dual threat. I mean he can run, but he's he's more of a passing quarterback. He's pretty accurate. Um, makes pretty good decisions. He has a slinger, he has a good arm. Um, and he has good athletes to, to distribute the ball around to, so um, he's a great quarterback. He's a really good quarterback. Uh, no question about it. We'll just have to be on our on our game and play smart football. That's all. Good eyes. You gotta have good eyes downfield. So. Depending on some of the injuries you guys have, I guess uh, you might have Wild Goose and Burrell both both starting in this game. What, what did you have you kind of seen from them, them, especially in the last game when they had to play extended snaps? Um, young but tough. You know, young, tough, coachable. Um, uh, he's, I feel like he's very uh, goose. He, he's a guy that's he's like he's a dog. You know, he he wants it. He's hungry, um, and he'll do anything. You know, to to you know step up for his team. So that's the type of player he is. Are you gonna uh, take aside the young players this week and kind of give them advice about anything? Yeah. What are you gonna tell them? Yeah. Uh, just trust what you see. Trust what you know. Trust the game plan. Trust the coaches, um, and trust the guys around you. Um, that's something you know that you know that that can really help you maximize your own potential as a player. Is when you when you trust the people around you, it makes you be able to play that much faster. So um, just having good eyes and and don't you know freak out if they come out with a different formation or anything like that. Just play, go back to our rules and and, and play football. You know, trust what you see and play. Sorry for your asses, but what happened? Uh, I just fell on it wrong, came down, fell on it the wrong way, and just, um, just precaution, so. Expect to be 100% by Saturday? Expect to play. <laughs> Never 100% in the season, no one ever is. <laughs> you lose uh, Nelson for the first half, what kind of impact does it have? Is it more of a mental, losing a guy? In the I mean, anytime you lose a guy, it's tough, you know, because you need everybody. You, you absolutely need everybody, um, especially when you in the mid of the season. So um, it definitely sucks. Um, it's nothing good about it, but um, I think, you you know, it gives our guys the opportunity to come up and, and, and rise up to the challenge, step up to the plate. And I think we have guys that will do that. And, folks, that was safety Dakota Dixon again here on – uh, Bucky Smith podcast. He talked with reporters yesterday, just talking about what he, you know, obviously you heard about Rashad Wild Goose questions there. What happened to his foot? You know, he was in a walking boot. Uh, he says he expects to play, uh, which would be big, obviously, with such a depleted secondary and the injury report that came out yesterday. But you know, Brady, let's go back to it now that we are. Uh, we had some technical difficulties fixed. Big thanks to Brian on that. But. Uh, you know, talk about targeting. and You see what's in the college game. It's been implemented now for a couple seasons. Uh, Scott Nelson was out of the game. for it, it was obvious just because he hit with the head. But, it, you know, you see targeting in college football. You see what's going on in the NFL, too, with yep. tackling, sacks, unnecessary roughness. Just how 
as a football player, like how do you react to those type of penalties? And just uh, they're trying to be safer, but there's also it's harder where some things are just, I guess, unavoidable too. Yeah, yeah. It's um, you know you, you talk about the NFL a little bit, and you see guys like Clay Matthews making a you know a sack where he's doing everything right, you know, and and it, it's. It's tough to watch as a, a former player and a, as a fan to, um, you know, see a flag is such a critical part of the game, be thrown on some stuff like that. But, um, you know, you talk about the targeting in the college game and in the professional game. I think it, um, I think it's, I think it's okay. I, I think it's okay. I, I think it's, you know, there's many hits during a football game where I cringe being a former player. Yeah. You know, seeing a guy get hit and you know, lead with his head, and you know, when you're a defensive, defensive guy and somebody's coming at you leading like a torpedo with their head, I think it's, I think it's good to try to remove that from the game um, to a certain extent. So, it, you know, I, I hate to see it for the players because you know they don't mean any harm by it and, and they work so hard for those, you know, 12, 13, 14 opportunities. Um, so, yeah, you know, you feel for the players, but at the same time, I think it's okay to, to clean up the game a little bit. Absolutely, and you're here with Brady Ewing here at Beer Rock, 2911 North Sherman Avenue. Here on the north side of Madison for Bucky's Fifth Podcast, live every Tuesday, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We are the lead-in show for Railbird Central, which comes on really just coming up in at about 8 o'clock. Uh, for those that will hear, hear the podcast later, uh, they'll, they're going to recap, of course, a, a rough loss to a former teammate of yours, Rick Wagner, uh, and the Detroit Lions uh, Packers got upended and kind of a rough game for Mason Crosby and whatnot, too, which I'm sure they'll get into. <laughs> yeah, that was... Uh... That was uh, an interesting thing. I was glad to see him come back, and you know he's had such a long, great career with the Packers, but he came back and hit that fifth field goal. Um, as a former player, obviously you you want to see guys like that have success, but um, yeah, I'm sure they'll give him another opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. With his history. Absolutely. So real quick before we get into Michigan, a uh, couple of quick commitments and recruiting, as we call it, B5 Cruton uh, is our hashtag on Twitter, but. You know, a couple of big commitments after Saturday's game. They had a bunch of visitors. Uh, if you guys go to Bucky's fifth quarter, you saw some of the recruiting notebook that we had about who actually showed up. 2019 tight end Clay Cundiff was on a vi official visit. Three-star tight end from Wichita, Kansas. Can never have too many tight ends in Paul Chris's offense, in my opinion. Commits, uh, flips from Kansas. We have an article up uh, for Bucky's fifth quarter right now, but we're also going to uh, have a feature on him. I spoke with him yesterday and a little bit today talking about his verbal commitment, and then uh, 2020, uh, yesterday, offensive lineman Dylan Barrett from St. Charles, Illinois. There are now three offensive linemen in the 2020 class, and that includes Stoughton's Jack Nelson, uh, Wisconsin Legacy, and then Clay, Cund uh, not Clay uh, Trey Wedding from Kettle Moraine. And uh, yeah, no, we're gonna have, speaking of Kettle Moraine, we're gonna have on Bucky's recorder a ton of Recruiting features with the other tight end that in this 2019 class, Hayden Rucci. I spoke with him yesterday. And then, you know about walk-ons. We have a walk-on kicker punter for the 2019 class that uh, we spoke with in Blake Wilcox uh, from Kettle Moraine, just like Trey Wedding. So, uh, but that'll be up next couple of days on Bucky's fifth quarter. So check out that. But really, Brady, you know, getting a little bit more of your story too before we get into Michigan. How? What was it like to commit to Wisconsin as a walk-on? Like, how did the process go for you? It was, it was pretty good. You know, I, I look back and and I feel tremendously blessed because, um, you know, everything went better than expected. You know, I was fortunate enough to, you know, have the opportunity to walk on. You know, turning down one other Division One scholarship offer, 
and um, you know, I just always wanted to be a Badger, to have that opportunity to you know play for Coach Bielema, be a part of uh, the tradition there, the walk-on tradition. You know, guys like Jim Leonard, Luke Swan, Chris Maragos, um, amongst many, many others, as is highlighted in the book, uh, "Walk on This Way," um, was just something that I couldn't pass down. So uh, to get the opportunity to walk on, and it was truly a dream come true. And then you know, really, you get the way to pave your own way, and. Um, just fortunate for those that came before me to give the walk-ons that opportunity. Not a lot of schools where you can go in and you know feel like you're given, for the most part, a, a fair shake to, to play and contribute to the team. So it, uh, that day was definitely special when you have the formal commitment to be there with your family and um, you know all the hard work you put into the process to get to that point. And uh, yeah, just tremendously thankful. Yeah, I mean, you came in 2008 and 2009. I mean, you got you're getting some carries later, late in games. Yep. 2009, transitioned to fullback, and then 2010, obviously in 2011, you were a team captain. But 2010, this is a, I'm trying to learn my segues here, but we go into <laughs> Michigan, uh, the first Rose Bowl year that you had, you know, first of, of three consecutive for, for the program. You were in two of them. And, you know, before getting there, you had to go to the big house, you know, yep. take on Michigan. And it was a 48-28 win. You guys handily defeated Rich Rodriguez's uh, bunch there and yep. what's the feeling like to play in the big house there's 100 and, what, 110,000 people some odd uh, one of the biggest stadiums in the nation but yep. yeah, how, what was the preparation you had and just what was the field playing there yeah it's it's crazy you know it was actually the second time I had been there the first time was uh, my true freshman year I believe uh, when they had they had a comeback win against us um, Alan Everidge, right? Yep, with Alan Everidge and, and uh, you know Travis Beckham. I think he had a hamstring that game, but he came in in the third quarter. And, uh, yeah, we ended up falling short on that day. But it's a crazy atmosphere. You know, it, it's a little different than some stadiums. It's a little bit more spread out. It's not, you know, like a Kinnick Stadium where, you know, it's pretty vertical. So all the sound, I feel like, stays right in that general vicinity and resonates right around the field. Um, but you definitely notice it when the game was closed during kickoffs. Um, their sound and um, their fans are intense, you know, driving in to the stadium that morning for the game, you know, you see all the tailgaters and it's a, it's a cool atmosphere and it's a nice area. Um, you know, I think they park on a uh, golf course over there that's not too far from the, and I can just remember seeing all the tailgaters, all the flags up, all the grills going. And so it's really those things, you know, the, just the environment that you remember. And to prepare for that, you know, we listened to the, the loud music, the loud sound to mock that, to get ready throughout the week as an offense to play in, uh, in an environment that, you know, it's tough to hear the quarterback calling signals. and um, So, yeah, you're definitely prepared for it, but it's it's always fun to travel around and see the different facilities. Absolutely, and this year's Wisconsin squad heads into the big house. Michigan's number 12 in the AP poll. They're 5-1, and 3-0 in the Big Ten. Only lost Coleman against Notre Dame this year, and it's, you know, it's going to be a daunting challenge, I think, for Wisconsin both on both sides of the ball. I mean, looking at you know, we'll look at Michigan's offense first. They're over, averaging over 38 points per game. You know, led by quarterback Shea Patterson, who 68% completion percentage, almost 1,200 yards passing, 10 touchdowns, only two interceptions, which is big wow. for a quarterback. Yep. Uh, running game, Karan Higdon, nearly 600 yards rushing, nearly 60 yards per carry, has five touchdowns. And, and receiving wise, you know, Zach Gentry, the tight end. 20 receptions for 306 yards. It's you know, 15 yards of reception, which is not too shabby for a tight end, I'd yeah. say. Uh, and then you also have Donovan Jones. Uh, yeah, Donovan Jones, people, uh, Peoples. And looking at his stats real quick, he uh, 
18 receptions, 217 yards, five touchdowns, uh, leads Michigan in that category. And you also have Nico Collins, who averages almost 19 yards per catch on 14 catches, along with a, a touchdown as well. So, yeah. I mean, I think one of the key matchups there. A lot there, of weapons. Yeah, a lot of weapons on offense. And I think the big thing, too, is just with that depleted secondary, it's uh, right now, and looking at the preliminary injury report, you know, cornerback Caesar Williams and Deron Harrell both questionable with their injuries. Uh, you know, Deion Hicks has a thumb injury right now and, and with the ligament there. And so it'll be interesting to see. I mean, he's going to play, and he expects to play. He played on Saturday night. But it'll be interesting to see if we get some true freshmen. If we, if we see Rashad Wild Goose, Dante Burton, among others, if Williams and Harrell can't go. I mean, that it's going to be a young look. And yeah, it'll I, be interesting to see how they how they balance that. You know, it, uh, they got a bunch of young guys, young talent, and you know, you're playing against some experienced playmakers. And I think you know, Coach Leonard's system sets up well for that. But it, still, at the end of the day, you guys are going to get put on the island. You know, and um, but I think they've been. You know, recruiting and preparing that talent all year. You know, I think of Coach Kalaji back from my time at the uh, on the strength and conditioning staff at UW. Um, you know, you know they're physically prepared. I think it's been cool to watch how they've recruited top-tier talent um, while still recruiting Wisconsin guys, guys that fit the system, that fit the mold of what they want. You know, between you know off the field, um, in the classroom, and and then it seems like that talent is getting even better you know instead of getting the two three stars you're getting the three four five stars now and um, but i still think they're finding wisconsin guys so excited to watch some of those guys get an opportunity um, just like everybody else that came before them you know you, at one point you get in get an opportunity from an injury or um, you know something comes up in a game and you know you're on special teams and um, just excited to watch those guys shine yeah, I mean, it's gonna be tough, though. It will be. Yeah, no, it's gonna be tough, and it'll be interesting to see if, if the pass rush can get there. I know they had two sacks. T.J. Edwards did against Nebraska, against a very much a dual threat quarterback in Adrian Martinez, who I thought really played well as a true freshman. Shot a lot of poison boxing on Saturday night, but uh, Shea Patterson has that little bit of dual threatness to him, but more of a passer, but has a little bit of the, the mobility to get across and cause some problems too. On the opposite side of the ball, Michigan's defense is, I mean. Doing some research, we'll have a Bucky's Fifth Quarter out, uh, article out there tomorrow, previewing a uh, more detailed look at Michigan. But my word, that defense underneath defensive coordinator Ron Brown, tenth in the nation in scoring defense, just under 16 points per game. Pass defense and total defense, they're first in the nation. It's not even like talking about Big Ten stats right now. You're looking at just nationally, only giving up 230.5 yards per game. Total. Total. Yeah, huh. which is impressive. Pass defense. 134 yards per game, uh, and then rushing yards. I mean, Wisconsin goes into this matchup, have, you know, going for about 287 per game. Michigan on the opposite side, 96.5. Uh, <laughs> so something, something's got to get. Yeah, it's going to be a clash. Yeah, it's going to be a huge clash. I mean, Chase Winovich is the big name, uh, along with Rashawn Gary on that defensive line. You'll hear from uh, David Edwards talking about them uh, in a little bit in just a couple minutes. But really, just I, I mean, I think. My key matchups to this game really revolve around both sides of the ball where uh, in terms of the, the trenches, if you will, the offensive lines. And it's always been Wisconsin's bread and butter for the offense is the run game. Uh, and if they, you know, if they can assert themselves against that tough Michigan front seven, which is going to be a, a, obviously easier said than done, they'll have success on, on Saturday night. Uh, and then, you know, opposite side, I think part of it's the run game. I think it's, it goes back to the secondary matchup. But what are your keys yeah. – 
to the game uh, on Saturday night? Yeah, I think, you know, for me, coming from a former fullback, I think it always, no matter the game, it always starts in the trenches, and you hit it on the head there. It's just, you know, watching the O-line, how they're getting off the ball, you know, if they're aggressive, are they confident in the game plan? Are they playing with some swagger? Um, you know, getting the run game going. I think I'm an offensive guy, so it, I think, you know, for Wisconsin to be able to keep the foundation of their running attack, it makes Hornerbrook better, it makes the passing game better, um, and it makes the defense better because it uh, keeps them off the field, it keeps them fresh, gets the energy energy in there. And, um, yeah, so just excited. I think the biggest thing is going to be in the trenches, both offensive and offensively and defensively. Defensively, I think the biggest thing is going to be able to put some pressure on them. You know, putting pressure on the quarterback with your linebackers is one thing, but let's you know get the D linemen, get some stunts going, get them put some pressure on the quarterback to help out those guys in the back end, create some uh, create some time to to get that going. Um, so I think the trench is going to be big and getting the run game going. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens Saturday night uh, and and whatnot. It, I, I'm up in the air still a little bit. I think it leans more Michigan right now just because they're at home and, and just yeah, with the injuries. Tough place to play night game. Tough play enough night game there. It's the fourth and sixth contest that Wisconsin's going to be. Have, we'll have a night contest, you know, a night game. Uh, they've had, wow. you know, obviously, Western Kentucky, and then you had Iowa, Nebraska, and then Michigan. So, uh, But, yeah, we'll see how Wisconsin reacts there. I got David Edwards, talked to him earlier today during player availability, talking about just going up against the, the big Michigan defense and, and what they have to do to succeed, along with just what he thought about last week's performance against Nebraska. So here's David Edwards here on Bucky's Big Podcast. But uh, we're here with David Edwards, and David, you know, it's it's a big week. It's it's gonna be a, another physical matchup. I mean, it's a Big Ten conference, so you know, it's known for physicality. But you face a Michigan defense that's among the top five in the nation. And, and how are you in the offensive line going in? You know, how are you guys your mentality going into this game? Yeah, I think. Um the last two years that we've played them, it's been a really physical, um, hard-fought kind of game, and um, it's kind of a uh, you know um, slugfest, so to say. But I think the mentality that we're we're taking is we're going against some really good players, really good scheme, um, and we're just trying to be the best that we can be and improve. And um, you know, we made a lot of strides last week against Nebraska, and just continue to get better. But this is going to be an awesome challenge because they got some really good players. Among those, like who stands out to you first and foremost pops into your head? Uh, I think for me, you know, Winovich and Gary, those guys are uh, are pretty good players and um, wreak havoc on quarterbacks and uh, give fits to alignment. So those two jump off the off the film, um, but Devin Bush and Kaliki Hudson, I mean, those guys are also elite players. And then those two inside guys, I mean, the thing about it is, you know, their front seven is really good. So. Um, Everybody pretty much stands out. What what do you see on? I mean, we talked to some of our friends from Mason Brew, which is an SB Nation site that covers Michigan. They, they note that like the scheme, maybe they have the coordinator sends blitzes or rushes that are you know unique every down. Like, what do you see on film from them that really helps them, you know, stuff the run and you know the pass game too? With I think they lead the nation in fewest passing yards allowed per game. Like, what what do you see on film from them and how they execute? Yeah, I think each guy brings a twitchy athleticism. Um, so trying to match their um, ability to get hands on as quickly as you can. Um, and then <clears throat> they're very difficult to move off the line of scrimmage, which allows their you know, second level players to make plays um, and keeps everything kind of in front of them, if that makes sense. So um, in terms of their scheme, you know, their blitzes, um, they're, uh, the, the things that they do 
against us, particularly last year, brought us some some pretty significant challenges, and it's going to be cool to kind of see how we can combat that and, and you know learn from what we did last year and what we've learned on film this year. And I mean, when you uh, looking back on just last week, you know, you guys 533 yards, uh, 370 on the ground. Like looking back on the film, did you guys like what you saw? Obviously, with some of the big plays, and, and what were some of the things that you guys are looking to improve upon, even upon that? Yeah, I, th I think we uh, we liked what we did, but uh, continuing to get better. You know, there's things that we could clean up each guy, and um, you know the. The, the cool thing was is when we needed to answer a score with a score, I think that we did that for the most part. Or, you know, we picked our defense up when we needed to, and we ran the ball pretty effectively in that, you know, the late fourth quarter. Um, so it was cool in that respect, but still a lot of things that we can grow from and get better at. When you talked about, you know, picking up the defense, I mean, I know there are a lot of injuries right now, and I know it's not the unit that it was last year, but, you know, they're still, you know, you have solid playmakers at, at the key, key positions on all three levels but you know how do you guys as your offense taking advantage of you know, or how do you guys you know kind of build yourself up and, yeah. and trying to you know pick up that defense you know when it needs it like how do you feel like there's no pressure on that I don't think it's more pressure I think it's we play off of each other um, you know I would say that the first two games the defense did an excellent job of putting us in great positions um, on, the, on the flip side of it you know the defense may have given up a lot of passing yards, but we were able to move the ball effectively and kind of change the field regardless of, you know, the circumstance. So it's more so, you know, how can, you know, we help our defense, how can the defense help up us? It's not so much, you know, um, you know, we struggled or they struggled. It's, you know, the game is the game and how can we, you know, move forward as a team. And we're back here on Bucky's fifth podcast. Again, that was right tackle David Edwards talking about just Michigan going into the big house facing obviously the Wolverines defense talking about just yeah, his offensive performance on Saturday night but you know we're gonna catch up a little bit more we, we talked Michigan we got you know but I haven't really gotten a chance to catch up with Brady in a while I, the funny thing we, we it's funny folks uh, we pass each other on church at church pretty much every Sunday yep. like, either your, your truck with the kiddos my SUV with the kiddos yep we're getting old, man. <laughs> <laughs> we're holding it down. Yeah, it's it's always good to see you, whether we're waving or we get the chance to chat it up and uh, uh, at church. So yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been great. Yeah, we are getting old. <laughs> yeah, no. So you, know, you have like you have three kids. Yep. Uh, and then how old? Are you? you said almost four. Yep, almost four. Two year old and eleven months. Three boys. Wow. So they're pretty tight. That's awesome. No, I was gonna say yeah. I mean, don't have twins like you, but. No, no, that's yeah. That's a, yeah, that's, that's a whole new thing. When that's they a different animal. They haven't learned yet to actually go and split off and like go in different directions where I can't catch them. They're still uh, hanging together? They're still hanging together, so that's good. Like, I'm not going to steer them apart from that. Uh, though we have a puppy now who's about a, not even, she's not, she's not going to become a puppy any further, but because she's about a year and a half now, but she just, like right before player availability, I had to sprint out to grab her because she got loose, and she did a 40-yard dash. Like her 10-yard <laughs> split was maybe 1.3. She, bam, bolted, man. And sign her up. Sign her up. No, exactly. I mean, she's just 45 pounds of pure, like, lab boxer mix, so just pure muscle, and just, it was, obviously, I'm, I'm stressed, and then my neighbor found her, thank God, but, uh, yeah, so that was fun. Well, glad you, glad you found her. <laughs> but uh, what are you up to nowadays? I mean, you after, obviously, uh, playing in the NFL, uh, playing uh, at Wisconsin, you're drafted by the Atlanta Falcons. A uh, couple years there, played with Jacksonville for a year. Just, how's your story been? It's been good. You know, I just.
feel extremely blessed to have the chance to you know be a part of a program like wisconsin to live out a dream get drafted in the n f l and you know meet some tremendous people awesome coaches you know travel around the country with my wife you know start having kiddos and then get back up into wisconsin and you know be an assistant strength coach for a year i truly can say i i lived out my dream and you know being a part of the programs i was and to get drafted and to, to play in the NFL Sunday, you know, with guys like Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Tony Gonzalez, um, just tremendous. And, and and that transition away from the game has has been good for me. It uh, you know to turn the page and to start some something new, a new challenge in the business world. I work in commercial insurance. I'm a risk management consultant um, now for Cottingham and Butler, and uh, that's been another, a whole new challenge. You know, you're learning you're learning business for the first time, you, and um, you know, you're working with people and helping them, you know, ensure their risk and, and their business. And so that it's been a it's been a good transition. That's great. And I mean, how long have you been how long have you been back in Madison then? I'm trying to think back because it's been what two years no, but three, four years. Probably now. yeah. So we got done playing. My last season was the two thousand fourteen season and so we came up the winter of two thousand fifteen. So I think we're coming up on yeah, three years now. We lived with the in-laws for a little bit, <laughs> so before we found a, a house to settle in. But um, yeah, back in the in the Greater Madison area for about three years now. Excellent. And, and just uh, we'll get into we'll get into what you see out of a, a current Wisconsin fullback and Alec Ingold in just a second. But I wanted to play with you, play you just a quick little blip from him because I asked asked him about you specifically. I've you know after a spring practice, not to give away not any inside inf information, but. I saw you two talking one day after practice, and you just, yep. I interrupted this to say hi to you because I hadn't seen you in a while. Uh, but you know, I saw you guys talking. But I asked him today uh, during player availability just uh, what he thought of you, and obviously there's some warm things here. I think uh, you know it's it's always cool when we get to watch him on film because he was such a brawler. Um, you know, I know he took pride on never letting his guy in on the play, never around the play, and you know it shows on film that he was finishing as as far past the whistle as anyone could possibly do it. And I think, you know, you take a lot of lot of stuff from his game and try and implement into your game, you're going to be pretty good. So, you know, I just I look up to him big time. So it's it's pretty cool to see him still involved and everything like that. And that was Alec Ingold, senior fullback for the Wisconsin Badgers, and obviously he's got warm words for you. You. You're part of that great fullback tradition at Wisconsin. And, you know, obviously before you, Chris Presley, yourself, Derek oh, Watt. Yeah, yeah, Rhett Meester, yeah, yep. all those guys. Uh, just what, I mean, I know we have a couple more minutes here at Bucky's Fifth Podcast before Real Root Central takes over at 8 o'clock. But what's the tradition in your mind, in your heart, about what the fullbacks bring to, to Wisconsin uh, in terms of the offense? Yeah, it's it's kind of a dying breed, you know. It's It's been... To be a part of it, to um, you know, watch guys like Bill Rentmeister, Bernstein, Chris Presley, to come in and and learn from them from really the ground up was tremendous. And so, you know, you talk about a guy like Alec that's having a great year. You know, a senior now has went from running back, basically linebacker, running back now to fullback, and could have had opportunities to play quarterback even in college. Um, you know, watch a guy like that transform into a a great fullback and continue the, tr the fullback tradition at Wisconsin where, you know, it's pretty much a dying breed, but you look at an offense like Coach Chris, um, he makes it a staple. And whether it's a, a tight end that kind of flexes into that fullback role or a true fullback, 
Um, you know, it's cool to see Ingle carrying that forward from guys like Ramish. Um, and he's doing a tremendous job. He's really, he's really laying the foundation for, for other future fullbacks to have success at Wisconsin. And, um, you know, it makes a big difference in the offense. It's fun to watch him leading in the hole and amongst the O-line tight ends doing their thing. But um, it's been a joy to watch him and, and to work with him when I was at UW. Just a tremendous kid, um, you know, adopted into to an awesome family. And, um, yeah, just doing a great job. So it's been a blast. I was going to say, real quick, my last question to you, too, when it comes to Engel, like, he transitioned like you did from a running back yeah. to a fullback. Yep. How hard is that transition, and how long does it usually take? I know it differs per person, but, yep. like, how, how, I mean, not just learning another play. You know the play necessarily, but a new position, but also, like you mentioned, hand, hands and placement and, yep. and just, you know, the placement of where you need to block exactly. Yep. Like, how, how hard was that transition? It, I think it helped. You know, as a running back, you see things differently. So you're, you know, another three yards removed from the play. You know, you're waiting for the fullback to time up his block in order to make a cut. Um, so I think it helps because it gives you a great foundation of what you want the play to look like from a running back standpoint. Um, the biggest thing for me that was a challenge was when I was running the football, I, I could lower my shoulder and, and, and have a blow on a, a safety or a linebacker and, you know, truck them and keep on running. The biggest thing was being able to transition that into blocking, using your hands, using your momentum, using your hips in order to create a good impact, but also latch onto that guy and just not allow him to make the tackle. You know, like you know, Alec was saying, I just pride, pride myself on not allowing my guy to be even close to the player pile onto the running back or the wide receiver after a, a play. And um, you know, that mentality thing was something I had in me, was just finding an avenue to do it you know, from a fullback standpoint. So I think the biggest transition was just, I liked contact, it was just channeling that into a way that was beneficial as a, as a fullback as opposed to just trucking a guy when you're running with the football in your hand. Um, but it's fun, you know, you, you find success in different things. So it's not, you know, scoring the touchdown or, you know, necessarily getting the glory. It's, you know, seeing the running back after play and him thanking you or, you know, looking the, the old lineman in, in the eyes and knowing that we just physically dominated the other team the whole drive, you know, eight run plays in a row down for a touchdown. Um, it's pretty darn rewarding. So uh, cool to see Alec doing that, continuing that. Yeah, and he, you know, we'll see what Alec, after Alec, he's a senior this year, Mason Stocky transitioned from inside linebacker like Ingold. We'll see what him and Jay Collinsworth and Coy Wainer and John Chanel, him, Chanel himself will walk on like Collinsworth too, yep. uh, how they carry on the tradition as well. But Brady, it's been great having you here, man. It's always good catching up, my friend, and, and you become a, Thank a you. great friend. and. Uh, looking forward to seeing what else comes professionally for you, man. And uh, we'd love to have you back on the show one of these days too, brother. Thank you very much. Appreciate you having me and excited to, to get back on and maybe bring some other former Badgers along for the ride. Uh, that's a tease, folks. That's a tease. <laughs> uh, that's a little teaser, as we call in the industry. So what we'll do, guys, we'll, we'll break it down here. we got Railbird Central coming up uh, at 8 o'clock Central time. Uh, make sure you guys if you go to Cheesehead TV for that. I am Jay Kokorowski for Brady Ewing. Come back next, uh, not next Tuesday, but the next Tuesday thereafter, two weeks from tonight, Beer Rock, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. We'll, we'll talk more Badgers. We post homecoming, how they do against the Illini. Uh, we'll have a Bucky's Fit podcast next week to talk about Michigan. I'll do that at home. But thank you all. Guys, give yourselves a round of applause. There you go. And uh, thanks again to Brady for coming out here. You guys have a great week. Catch you guys next week here on Bucky's Fifth Podcast.
Thank you.